Welcome to Just Winging It, the podcast. Oh, as opposed to the the film serial, the film of the podcast. Just Winging It serial. What would that be? Well, what do you think it would contain? Uh, it would probably be. Oh, well, I don't know what it would be, but I, I'm going to already change the subject and say that the Halloween serials mm-hmm. are in now. Oh, and that is like my favorite thing every year. That's Patrick Green's so favorite thing. So excited. Not that John Abdullah's favorite thing. That's I'm John also Abdella John's here. favorite thing. This is Patrick Green talking here. currently. <laughs> Um, and the Halloween cereals are so exciting, and uh, we got. They just have lots of marshmallows. Low. Like what? What? What makes them? No, they're well. They're just well. For one thing, it's the, the shape. It's of the things. the temporal aspect because, yeah. like you know, they're only here for a couple months. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're you can get them whenever you want to, but they're really Amazon only out for last a year's months. Halloween. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they're like they're 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 very much a treat. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think I would ever have them as actual cereal like in the morning. Yeah. But yeah. it's like a great like dessert. The kids love them. The shapes are fun. The colors are fun. Because there's Booberry, Frankenberry, and Count Chocula, right? Booberry. There used to be Fruit Brute, which was the werewolf flavor. Uh-huh. But that uh-huh. was discontinued. I don't know why. I fucking love Fruit Which Brute. cereal is this? Which one? Oh, those are all cereals. Those are all cereals. Yeah, those for are some all reason, separate I thought, For some reason in my mind, yeah, I thought you were referring to the actual individual oh, the shapes. shapes within a, t- uh, uh, like I thought it was, you know, Captain Crunch, let's say, and they uh-huh. had each of those as like a shape. In like the- a snap, crackle, pop kind of a yeah. deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, th- no. This is <laughs> those are separate subbrands. So these are all actual. They're all different. Like there's Booberry, who's like a, he's a ghost. Mm-hmm. He's a very cute ghost. He's got like little rosy cheeks. He looks like Henry as, as a ghost kind yeah, of. Yeah. Which is a sad thought. Um, and then there's uh, that is a sad. That's yeah, wow. that's, that's that's depressing. Dress up ghost. He's a, uh, he's very much bed. alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Frankenberry, who is sort of a pink Frankenstein, uh-huh. who's very. Uh, He's very like emotionally vulnerable. Yeah, like he's usually the one. Who, like they're, they're usually like pranks much being come played on him. These uh, cartoons. It's well, because they have a little comic strips. You know, like this, oh, like, okay. So over I time, you're just looking at them and interpreting this. Well, I do also. I mean, he has long eyelashes. There's mm-hmm. like a sort of this implied like naivete mm, going on. Yeah, and then there's Count Chocula, who's this like uh, he's crazy and he loves chocolate. Of course, he just love. He fucking named himself after chocolate. Can you imagine? Um, yeah, I can, actually, to be honest with you. Sometimes I'm eating that cereal and I'm like, man, I should call myself Patrick Chocolate. I don't think people would, uh, would be Patrick okay Chocolate. With that. Come on, you can come up with better than that. I, yeah, I could. But you know what? Patrick Choco Green? No, I, I don't Choco, even... chocolate chip. Uh, I think our cereal would have turkey shaped and frog shaped marshmallows in it. Yes, that's, that's true. That's, that would be cool. Okay, so it. those are the marshmallows, but then what's like the. Just barley. Bar- <laughs> just, just wet barley. This wet barley yes. with floating turkeys some and health, frogs. healthiness to it. Some, yeah, it's, some, it's a uh, health food. Heft, yeah, to it. Don't you think? I like it. How you been? I'm good. You know, but while we're on the topic of scary things, I have to bring up the fact that I don't know if you can um, relate to this. I don't know if you guys are into dolls at all. Um, <laughs> while we're on the topic of scary things, I don't know if you're into dolls, but hear me. <laughs> what the? They're creepy going? as fuck. Like Annabelle. What's Annabelle? Like from The Conjuring, like the the, oh, the haunted oh, doll. Oh, I'm just talking about dolls. Period. Just like playing with dolls. Yeah, I'm talking about like um, you know, classic kind of like Barbies. Yeah, well, bigger, bigger dolls. First, they come like in the baby Barbies. form, right? And they have all sorts of them. That you can feed them and all that kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, soft. They're like soft. They have like yeah. Flesh. But I'm talking about now. I'm talking about just a regular size, like Chucky kind of doll, but <laughs> minus the <laughs> with a knife. Know, yeah. Minus the knife. Um, no, we 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 ne- literally never interact. With, even like Amer- is like American Girl. Sure, that yes, exactly. Because okay. no. so what happened is Grace got one of these for her birthday from an aunt of ours, and immediately I opened the doll out of its case, and it was like an American Girl like one, but it was uh-huh. you know like a much cheaper version, I think, and. Uh, 
and the reason it's cheaper is because you know I opened the box and I was cutting off all the you know how opening any fucking kid. Oh my toy. god, what is up with that? And so I take it out and immediately the head just comes off. And Grace is like a little <laughs> away from me, and she hasn't seen that yet. So I'm trying oh to like God. not expose her to the fact that the head came it's off because she might be freaked out by it, you know. So I'm like, I'm trying to fix the thing and I'm like wedging it back in and oh trying God. to figure it out. And she's like really excited and right. wants it, and she wants to brush its hair. Not now, right? And and finally, I couldn't fix it. It was clearly broken, so we had to return it. But in the meantime, Grace was excited, and so oh my God. she wants to brush his hair. So I'm like, okay, and I like prop the head back on. And she starts brushing its hair, and the head just <laughs> fucking comes off with the hair. And Grace doesn't even notice. It was like totally. <laughs> she, so she is that keeps, worse? Which is also yeah, exactly. I might have a psychopath on my what hand. If she's like perfect because she just yeah exactly she just kept brushing its hair the perfect look and the body's just like you know <laughs> down the street um so that was creepy but then more recently because she's had this thing for a while now and it was the replacement version of it the head stayed on uh-huh. and so i'm going to bed and uh you already know what's gonna happen because i started this as a doll conversation but i i didn't know what was gonna happen i go to bed like any other night and i noticed at, that my at three pillow in the afternoon. yeah at three in the afternoon yeah. of course um, and I noticed that my pillow was a little raised and I, uh, I raised, oh I, I lifted it up and fucking doll with its hair all over its face <laughs> is just there. And like, you know, it takes your brain a second to process that. So it's like, oh ah! my God. and I just had that like moment of panic. Oh like, I don't God. know what I'm looking at. <laughs> um, and then that doll oh was God. the one that's there. And sure enough, that same doll, the replacement one now is losing its head again. So what is with these dolls? The manufacturer clearly like, what company is this? We'll call um, them out. We'll take them down. We will take them uh, down. This could be it. it. I don't know if I should mention it. That's this a lot is, of power this is, we have. We wield tremendous power where yeah. the fun happens. What's I'm pretty it sure it's from like an arts and crafts store because I looked up oh, it's the like brand. a local thing? It's like, no. It's like uh, AC Moore. Is that the name of it? Yeah, that's like a construction. It's like where you go to get paint. <laughs> is that where it came from? I'm pretty sure because I Googled the brand because like I was curious. That's like where you patio equipment and I'm from. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's what it was, but I'm probably making it up. I think it's actually literally a paint company. Well, if oh, a paint company is Benjamin, manufa- you're thinking of Benjamin Moore. Oh, that's Benjamin Moore. Moore. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right, AC right, Moore, right. I think, is arts and crafts, and they okay, might have. Okay, maybe this is a doll that's meant to be like worked on. You know, yeah. it's like a it's doll like and it's kind raw of assembled. State. Right, yeah, right. But like, clearly not. It's like it just breaks quickly, so you yeah. can practice fixing it. Exactly. We, you know, I got to say, the Shark Lord toy that we have yeah. um, is experiencing. So, so he has a. Uh, he has two weapons. One uh-huh. of them is some sort of a, of a semi filleted long like broadsword, which is which is very cool and very tough. Yeah. And then he has a dagger, as any good pirate shark Naturally, would. Naturally, of course. Which is a megalodon tooth, Ooh, as you would imagine. badass. Yeah, very badass. But unfortunately, the megalodon, megalodon tooth has like a weak point in mm. it, and it breaks like every time the boys play with it. And oh, they play no. with him every day. So we're constantly in this process of like gluing, I'm like fucking soldering this thing back on. <laughs> I'm like, we're going to make you this work. You get the mask like, on and everything. Yeah, you're, right, you know. arc welding <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, you know, we don't want to take it away because we, we love the shark lord. But, um, it's tough, yeah. It so can be difficult. I, thankfully, Grace, I mean, she's into this doll, but like, I think, I think she won't notice that yesterday I just like threw it into our get rid of pile. You did. Um, I, we have like a closet in a bo- did this you box. There's a box in head? a closet that we have that we just give to Goodwill. Yeah, right. We save the head only. <laughs> the head's actually in the fridge. It's just You're in a box. To leave it there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I was just tired of seeing this thing's head around the house. Yeah, I don't blame and you. And she's got so many toys. You know, she'll she'll those, probably not those notice. baby dolls are I mean, like the not like this. Like you, you have this like high end head rolling one. I'm talking no, about it's like not high the, end. Clearly. Apparently not. The like the ones that you get that like urinate themselves and right? that like cry. Yeah, and that feel like flesh. Mm-hmm. Like, the, what the fuck it's is creepy, up with that? Man. There was a good radio labs um, there that was. covered a lot of this. Yeah, with yeah. Furby and a couple other toys. Yeah, it I gets wrote a piece of music creepy. that used audio from that very episode oh really 
Live. Yeah. Wow. So, so the guy who invented the Furby was yeah. talking about the proportions of the eyes to the mouth. That's right. Yes, right? I remember. The, the distance between the left eye and the pupil. I remember mm-hmm. that was the line. And I love the rhythm of how he said that. So I excerpted that audio from wow. the episode. And then I put it over a... Um, Oh, this is getting involved. But this is worth it. This, this is, is actually, this actually, this is actually interesting. Yeah. Toys. Welcome to the dollhouse. Yeah, we probably could do a toy episode, I guess. Well, that oh, man, we should. Yeah. Okay, we We will. did start this we whole will. series uh, on stuff, so it would be, you know, yeah, good to come back to it. Yeah, a little it. specificity, yeah. Um, so the piece was an interview audio of the guy who invented the Furby, mm-hmm. and then I had a live, and then I had a tape track, like I recorded um, a bunch of instruments that I had built by circuit bending pre-existing um, wow. toys so like so basically and a couple of them i had to buy because i botched the toys up but like so for example <laughs> furbies you can take the skin off and you can take them apart and then you can uh, look at the circuit okay. board that, yeah. getting, i'm getting a little frightened you have to be naked while you yeah do this. now i'm wondering about Put you oil being a on your skin yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's perfect you just take the skin off the furby <laughs> <You're> right <laughs> <clears throat> Um, then you look at the circuit board, and then you can put current through it, mm-hmm. and then you can touch it with a metal object, and uh, and you can see what happens if you bridge certain gaps in the circuit together. Wow. So if you can, like, you know, basically go, uh, like, do a shortcut between different points, it'll trigger an event that it's not supposed to trigger, and then it gets all screwed up because it's kind of chance-based. <laughs> and I'm just imagining that's the point where Furby starts to levitate. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's it. That's exactly where it happens. But As you're you playing the piano, it just starts levitating. <laughs> Because of this recircuitry you've done, um, but I did that with a number of toys, including Furbies, and that's uh, fascinating. And it was so fun. And then I had a bunch of Can people. Can we post do it live. a link to that in our yeah, show yeah, notes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you after the after we record. And then we had a, a live performance where the tape track was going, and then a bunch of us were on stage moving these toys, like you know, turn the Furby upside down, and it, instead of going like, it would go yeah. like, you know. Oh wow, um, it was a very fun. It sounds piece. horrifying, by the way. It was but, a little. So it was this a all fits scary. under the umbrella of getting ready for Halloween. Welcome to the dollhouse. Yes, exactly. Yeah. How have you been? I've been sick as a f- dog, as yeah. you can probably tell. I knew tell. this, but I was asking you for the did. sake yeah, of our audience to hear you. I appreciate the spontaneity of yeah. it, yeah. Um, no, man, I've been, I've been just like stuck in a room this whole week. Basically, we got Ugh. to work on Monday, and, which is nice because Micah and I got to take the train together. Oh, on Monday, nice, to work, yeah. Which I'm really enjoying. Um, and, and as we're on the train, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel great. And she's looking and she's like, you don't look great either. And I'm like <laughs> pale and kind of sweating, <laughs> oh, which is, no. to be fair, what I always look like. But I was like especially pale and sweaty. Yeah. Um, and, and you're starting I, to fade away. Yeah, yeah, I don't feel so good. Cross dissolve. That's, out that's of the depressing. Picture. Oh, God, I love that movie. Um, I and don't then know I, uh, who you're referring to. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, I'm apparently just, referencing oh, something. Well, that actually, I don't well, know. well. Oh man, I don't. That's a huge spoiler. Then I don't want to. So okay, I'm, I'm not even going <laughs> to tell mind. you what don't, movie. Don't People listening anything. to this will know what movie. Oh, is. I love it. Don't tell John. Don't tell me, please. Well, you should see this fucking movie. All right. Anyway, so. I, you know, so I get, I get to my desk and I'm like, a very, I mean, I'm like, this is going downhill so fast. Yeah. Um, but what I thought was going on was we had celebrated Micah's 30th birthday over mm, the weekend with yeah. some of our dearest friends. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. It was an Art Deco themed birthday party. That's awesome. So like, we all got dressed up. We rented outfits. You know, I shaved you for shaved, the first time which in I noticed. months. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, and, uh, and as part of that, I had a cigar, which I don't typically have um it was, it was delicious but like you know i'm not used to having cigars and so i thought maybe that was what was going on that yeah. like it was kind of like messing up my respiratory system but right. um it, it was definitely not that because you uh, only learned after that you're not supposed to eat the cigar yeah right so i was like oh it doesn't go up the problems. butt <laughs> the <laughs> suppository oh god um, you went there i did yeah uh so anyway so so that so i was like this is definitely not that because I, I was getting a fever so i go home and uh and it just was one of those things where it just evolved so quickly so yeah. now the good thing is that we have our nanny, who is amazing mm. with the kids. Yep. Um, and with Henry while Judah's at school. Yep. 
Um, and so she was there the whole time. So oh, like, that's I, awesome. I could really actually, so actually just be just upstairs take care of and, and lay down. And yep. I was trying to work. And then I was like, you know what? I'm too dizzy to work. So I just basically slept in the bed. Yeah. Um, and it was wow. so it nice takes a lot having to get that, to that like, sickness, that level of sickness, right? Because you yeah. know now we can work remotely so easily, and so. Um, and the I first day that, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but that's just, I'm saying is a testament to how sick you really were. Yeah. Wow. Because but by the so what was what was actually happening was a sinus infection, and then um, I ran out of space in my sinus cavities, and so it went into my ears and yeah. my throat. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I was I was. Um, Having really bad vertigo, which is not something I ever feel. Oh, so it's I was the like, worst. Super dizzy. I've had it too. It's yeah. such a weird thing, and to think that it's caused by—I mean, it makes sense after the fact when you learn about it. But um, I remember when I had the vertigo, and I think it was at a time where I didn't Were have like, many this other is symptoms. Kind of cool because it yeah, reminds right. me of you too a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought that you love that song. Um, uh, it's it's pretty. good. I like that song too. Actually, I, I like say. it, but I don't love it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like mean, it. I, I like love it, it live. Live, I mean, oh, live anything. I haven't been YouTube to as many changes. YouTube concerts as Yeah, as right, you have. exactly. A couple dozen. No, I'm just kidding. Ever really? Um, no, it's probably more like, it might be a dozen. That's at this point. unbelievable. <laughs> That's so much money. That's crazy. Uh, well, there's at least two that I volunteered at, so that was free. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Fair which enough. was a great experience. We'll have to talk about it. We'll have yeah. a YouTube episode just for you and all the YouTube <laughs> fans out there who, uh, you know, aren't Dying listening. to know. Mm-hmm. More likely, the people who are annoyed by YouTube and don't yeah, want to hear it. Yeah, but we'll put it on everybody's computer first. Exactly first <clears throat> so what were we saying um <laughs> this is probably the, oh, the, the least reliable my so, memory so will the be. vertigo okay, yeah. and then you know i remember thinking like <laughs> what's going on and i think i went to the doctor not under like i didn't have many other symptoms at the time and yeah you know i think the um some of the other symptoms came after but it is really weird did you think at any point i was gonna die well that it was uh, something in your brain probably not my mind doesn't go there see i thought it was a lesion <laughs> I really of course did. you did. And Micah was like, you have to go to the doctor. And I was like, I, I don't, <laughs> literally was like, I don't want to get the really? news. Yes, oh, this happened. Man. And I was like, and she was like, it's, it's fine. Why but do you I was go like, there so quick? I don't know, my fe- I couldn't get rid of this fever for three days. Yeah. I was like lying in bed. I was super dizzy. And I was like thinking by the end of it, did like, you start writing a will. What if this is the, well, I've already done that. I was yeah. like, what if this oh, is the I actual, what if this is the end? I yeah. didn't really think I've only, I've only in my life really thought that one time. <laughs> oh God. I w- should we hear about that now or save it? I'm going to tell you about it now. So, th- so this is a quick story. <laughs> but we could do an episode on fear of death or just death. Oh, we could. That's going to be a fun one. I think you one. should save it. All right, we'll save it for that. Okay. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with All that. All right. Yeah. Our, I know our fannies are dying the to winglets, hear it now. The winglets. John, they're not fannies. <laughs> made that Every very now and clear. then I like to drop it in, though. You do, you know? do you remember where fanny came from? Did we talk about fanny packs? No. No, I, w- I was saying Bethany's name was. Oh, yes. Remember and, that? and I thought <laughs> you were fanny, saying, yeah. yes. Right, uh, right. Yes. Remem- uh, memories. Time. Yeah. So we'll Steeler save death for another okay, one. Okay, we'll, we'll save that for another time. I think time. it's going to be a really good topic to come back to. Um, I'm yeah, sure I people want to hear us talk about <laughs> yeah, let's, death. Let's tune into that one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so I'm, I'm kind of on the mend now. Yeah. I, I went to this uh, urgent care thing. I got some good, um, not prescriptions, but, you know, Sudafed. Drugs. And that kind of shit. Yeah. Got some good drugs. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of cleaning up. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I really, like, although I didn't feel actively sick anymore, yeah. I feel, like, dumb. Well... <laughs> dumber than I, dumber than I always feel, you know, because you wake up in the morning no, with a baseline ya. dumb level where I'm like, uh, okay, mm-hmm. and then you wake up some mornings and you're like, oh, I'm dumber than I normally am. Yeah, today. and then you wake up some mornings it feels and you're like sick. The mucus actually invades your brain, like it yeah. actually gets in there and just like, I'm imagining a circuit board that just has you know fucking boogers all over it, and then it's got me circuit bending things together. <laughs> yeah, and the exactly. Furby's like, ah! yeah. Someday, um, maybe you'll you'll connect your own circuits, uh, your brain, you know, synapses or whatever to a... Uh, well, they're working on that at MIT right now, to actually. To a Furby. 
well, not Furbies, <laughs> but with but with music. Of course, which they is are. something that I honestly, yeah. as a musician, think about all mm. the time because I can write music in my head a million times faster than I can write of it on course. paper. Of course. Oh, imagine all the um, things we could do. So, oh God, it'll be so. We'll great. get there. We're working on it for better or worse. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I should also I should mention for my week over the last week an important update that Grace watched New Hope. I watched the whole thing. The with whole her. thing, yeah, in one sitting. Yes, Good and for you I mean guys. she's only seen now you know maybe four movies. Yeah, and so it was a big deal, and I was like you know it is a big deal. You know I I put too much thought into when I actually wanted to show it to her, and uh, she was sick over the course of the last week. Of course, right? She's sick every other <laughs> fucking week. Um, and and so, you know, it's another thing where she got like the worst version of something like Luke and I had it and it was, you know, we had a fever for a couple of days and then it was congestion for like two weeks. Mm. And I was like, how is she not sick yet? And finally there was. Yeah, she got it. There so was. she's had a fever. So we were home and I was like, all right, well, we're going to be home. Let's uh, let's watch a movie. And I asked her first. I wanted to be like, you know, see if she was into it or wanted to watch something else. Mm-hmm. And she did want to watch it and she did watch it and she loved it. And it was the first movie I've watched with her. That she sat through the whole thing. Yeah. That's so, which special. was such a cool experience, you know? It spoke to her, you know? It did. And of course, it's so funny now, the things that stick with kids, um, which of course my fear was that it would be something on the darker side that she might like, you know, mm-hmm. wake up in the middle of the night thinking about or whatever. But but no, it's the most random. She was, <laughs> every now and then she'll go, <clears throat> why does the trash smell? <laughs> She'll be talking about the scene where they're in their trash compactor. Oh my god! And for some reason, she keeps Jude hates that scene. Talking by the way. about yeah, well, it's, he, which yeah, makes sense. But right. but he he really like when, when we watch it, he he specifically hides from the TV. Oh. He does not like that scene. She was just for some reason fascinated with like why um, it smelled so bad, and then also kept re- <laughs> she kept referencing. Uh, there's a moment where C three PO when they're in Moss Eisley says disgusting. <laughs> and uh, of Disgusting. course, not, yeah, it's more like that. And it's—I uh, I forget what—it's about some animal that's there, you know. I don't know. Doing, <laughs> doing something. Right. Thank you for your C three PO. You're welcome. Um, and and she keeps coming back to that too. Like, why does he think it's disgusting? Wow, she's re- that's, keep... that's really like she's really watching. I it. know, but it's just so funny the random stuff, you know. Yeah. But anyway, it was great. It was a good experience. And also, I I'm find so myself, glad. you know, you know this with movies. Like, the more you watch movies that you love. Um, each experience is different and you notice different mm-hmm. things and like watching it with a three-year-old, you know, I'm less focused on the words and mm-hmm. like more focused on the visuals. <laughs> right. And man, that movie is visually stunning. That's crazy. Like, know. you know that at some level going into it, just knowing what you're watching. But like, can you imagine seeing that? In 1977. You know, right. And, and, and especially with the budget that they had. Right. Basically unknown actors. The only thing that stood out, of course, I watched the Blu-ray one that I have, and it has the stupid ad CG. scenes that were I added know. later. And that it stands ruins out it so more much. than the fucking practical it all, visual it effects It always they have. does. Always. It always does. It, it and this does, is something, it's so easy to complain about this. Mm-hmm. And I do complain about this all the time yeah. on the two other podcasts that I'm on. <laughs> this is something that comes up all the time. And I feel bad because I know that there are reasons why studios do that. Yeah. I, I have empathy for George Lucas. Lucas wanting to revisit and do things that he felt he couldn't do the first time. I understand that impulse, although we talked about that in the last episode. Yeah. How hard it can be to do that. Um, I, I get that. I get that it's cheaper. I get that it's easier. I get that you can do more with it's it. So but annoying. I feel like the whole problem is that you're removing restrictions, and restrictions, in my mind, are completely um, important for creativity. Oh, so important. Like so, so much of my creative life mm-hmm. comes out of putting restrictions on myself. Like yes. I love the fact that I'm writing this piece right now for a very kind of strange ensemble yep. and that there's a lot of things that I can't do 
And then I'm like, well, okay, then that narrows down to 35 million choices that I can make to 125 choices. You know what I mean? And then and then what do you do with those choices, right? I think that's so important. And, and you, you see know, with these practical effects, you could see the people doing that all the time. Blade Runner is the same thing. The original yeah. Blade Runner film, mm-hmm. that was there was no C, there was digital compositing, but there's no CG going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there are these miniatures that look like fucking works of Renaissance art. They're so that's well right. done, and yeah. you never know it. You watch right. these things, and it feels completely real. It's so true. That power of limitation is one that I th- we actually have it as a topic. That, we want that to come is an back episode to. topic. Yeah, yeah, and we need we to should. come back to it because it plays out in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think is also important in in uh, raising kids. You know, the power yeah. of limitations, like saying no to things or setting guidelines or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, so yeah, I'm glad we got there from a conversation on New Hope. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that was just things like you know, like like having money limitations, having a budget. Being yeah. Like, you know what? We can't do that because right. we don't have that much money. But what does it mean we can do? Exactly. You know? yeah. Or you can't do this because it's too much sugar and it's too late. But what else can we eat? Because know? the opposite end of that, actually, in our world now, I feel like I feel this all the time, is the decision paralysis, and mm-hmm. you know, just there's way too many options. Mm-hmm. So it makes it harder to, I don't know, maybe live a meaningful life. <laughs> It does. And we end up kind of swimming in our, you know, we kind of churn a lot more, right, I think, nowadays. Right. So um, we'll come back to that one, too. We'll come back to it, yeah. That and death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a, weird, what a weird start to this episode. Uh, um, do I sound noticeably sexier at this time? Like, is my do. voice lower? You can tell? Yeah. Because you had that last time, and I was a little jealous. I was no, like, you know I what? I wish I had that, really, like, below. You, got, you caught it, man. Like, welcome. <laughs> does it sound good? I don't think I sounded like that. Welcome. I hope I did. Yeah, it sounds but pretty I'm, cool. But I'm pretty sure yeah. I didn't. My dad used to get that sound, like because my dad and I have similar cold processing. Cold you know, processing. Like, I feel like we have similar nasal passages, which is terrible for both of us. But I feel like he would always, but he he would never not go to work, and mm-hmm. he's a doctor, so that, you know, I was like, you know, probably shouldn't be going <laughs> going in, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and he would just just be croaking like mm. all day, and I'd be like, man, my dad sounds cool, sexy, it sounds like a fucking monster. Yeah. It's like get upstairs. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> no. I'm like, you don't have to yell on top of it. And that was just him talking. <laughs> yeah, he's just being friendly. Oh, man. Should um, we transition to our topic? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, I, you know, this will be an interesting one to talk about. I thought it could be... I thought it could be informative because you don't hear dads talking a lot about this. And we had a conversation about um, eating and eating habits and diet for kids uh, once they start eating solid foods. What we didn't talk about is before that, and, and you know, that whether that's breastfeeding or formula, um, but particularly looking at breastfeeding and... The role that dads play or don't play in that, you know, a lot of it is that we don't play it directly. But I have found this to be a surprising part of parenting newborns that I didn't expect to put so much, have to, you know, put so much thought and and maybe stress into, frankly. Um, So, you know, I was interested in hearing more your perspective. I don't know what, you know, whether your kids were breastfed Mm -hmm. or formula and how that all went. But, But for us, right from the beginning with Grace, it was a really stressful thing. You know, first and foremost oh, yeah. for Bethany, of course, but, you know, we're in this together and mm-hmm. you want to be there to support um, your spouse through it. Well, people have very strong opinions on it. Well, there's that too. There, You're there's right. There's that whole, so, so there's a lot of pressure going oh, into man. birth where ev- everybody will fucking talk about it. Everybody. And every news article and there's all these studies and it's like so, it's We did so one of those stressful. birthing classes and the yeah, woman who taught too. it, she was good for a lot of reasons, but she was so fucking biased on this mm-hmm. and like- just did it in a very judgy kind of way, you know. Like if you aren't breastfeeding, you're basically doing it wrong, kind of thing. Right. She didn't say those words, but you could you could hear it. But and that's what comes out. It you know? does, yeah. And and that comes out in so many situations and in so many interactions that that you know young mothers have with each other. That you know that's right. And, and even dads will bring it up and they'll be like, you know, like like oh you're breastfeeding, right? 
Um, yeah, which is an al- also an interesting dynamic because it's like so easy. You know, this is a classic thing with men in our society making decisions on behalf of women. Right. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah, you're breastfeeding, right? Like, you know, like as if we <laughs> know the pain that goes into that. And I right. mean, we have perspectives, which we'll share. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is a very this is a very intimate thing between a mom and child. Mm-hmm. And and it's their body, you yeah. know, so it's another place in our world now where it's like it's easy to judge and say this is the right way to do it. But man. I have a much deeper appreciation for um, what's involved, mm-hmm. you know? And, I mean, Bethany, honestly, when she talks about this, um, she thinks about how, like, you know, going into labor, the pain that that's going to be and how, you know, it's going to be a traumatic, maybe traumatic isn't quite the right word. Maybe it is. I don't know. Um, but, it, you know, it's a lot on your body. And, you know, of course, you hear from other parents and all that, you know, going into it, it's going to be that. But but for her, breastfeeding was, she'd probably describe it as more painful, mm. the experience after. I mean, she ended up the, with Grace having um, an infection. Yeah, and so that's, that's she, rough. her, that's rough. Yeah, Grace's first three months, Bethany was like out. Mm. You know, she was had a really hard time um, and with that infection, dealing with it, but also figuring out for the first time how to breastfeed and mm-hmm. the pain that's involved with that or can be, I guess. Um, and thankfully, there are moms groups and support for this, but I found it, you know, as a dad, you're 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 kind of helpless, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's a tough time. What was your experience like, um, particularly so, with so Jude? Yeah, it's, it's been different for for both kids. Jude uh, had a really hard time with it right from yeah. the beginning. He was not latching on. He was not. He, he wasn't in, into it. Yeah. Um, and he was not heavy enough. Mm-hmm. So we were told to start right. Supplementing. So there's that stress too, right? right. Well, well the that's the, that's the main eating. stress. At the end of the of day, course. it's like you know our kids not getting nutrients. Like, yeah. You know, so we went for like a post, you know, like eight days later or something, a checkup, and they're yeah. like, oh, you need to start supplementing. Yeah. So um, so I started doing that, mm-hmm. which was, um, in a way, I was really excited about because because mm. there's, there's another angle to this whole thing, which is that dads don't get that sort of intimate connection with oh, breastfeeding. Oh, it's so right? true. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, we get to do the bottles, which which are great, but yeah. those don't come until later. Right, usually. But also mm-hmm. like... Uh, you know, for in most cases, but also yep. like there's something about like the the very nurturing kind of skin to skin contact that oh you get. for sure. So for the supplementing, it was actually nice because I got to use my index finger and mm. I had a little tube. Did you ever do this? No, it's like a little. I've not heard of this. It's like uh-huh. a, pff, the image in my head is a urethra, but that's kind of like what the <laughs> tube is like. It's like yeah. a little narrow tube, um, and then and then um, it's connected to like a syringe with milk in it. Mm-hmm. Breast milk, and then um, and then I would put it into his mouth and kind of stimulate like his soft palate. Wow, so I had no idea that they finger. this was like a, this is a, this is a pre bottle kind of thing that because you, you yeah, can't yeah. start a you know a newborn on a, the you said eight day old on a bottle right um, so you have to use this wow right and so so and that was that was that was every I think every other feeding or every three oh, feedings man. Or something and just like thinking about them in that stage of life just how vulnerable They're they so are so vulnerable and so um, are we so are parents you know yeah and so there we don't really know anything. is and we're something. tired. Oh man, it's true. But there's something just as you said. I mean, there's it's so powerful that experience of nurturing um, this little tiny vulnerable yeah. thing. Yeah. And you know, for dads who don't have that experience because the mom is breastfeeding, um, that is it. Just it changes the relationship that you have mm-hmm. um, with your child in that early stage. I felt. I'm that really too. glad that that we got to do that. Yeah. But I will also say that the most frustrated I've ever been as a parent was that process as mm. well, because even when we, oh, when I she know. was breastfeeding and the I was emotions, doing the finger yeah. simulation thing, um, he still was having a hard. He time was still eating. having a hard time eating and uh, and also keeping us up constantly. Yep. And, um, Ugh, and I remember being just that so is. tired mm-hmm. and so stressed out. And kind of angry, yeah. Not on him, but just like just angry. Like, of why, why? Why is this not? 
easy because 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 most people make it sound like breastfeeding is like a piece right? of cake like anybody can it's do natural. it you know? it's natural they'll just so easy. do yeah. it you know it's mother's milk you right know? exactly but the reality is that every kid is different and, that's right and, and we tried so hard and eventually he got a little bit better at it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to the point where he was breastfeeding some of the time but by that point he was also on bottles yeah um and eventually after um a period of of months um not as long as we'd, we'd wanted, but just being realistic, what we could what we could do. Uh, yeah. we, we eventually transitioned over to formula. Right. Um, and that was, and I know from Micah, and I, I texted her before we recorded, mm. you know, because I don't want to speak on her behalf. So of she course, might have yeah. more to say about this. But I know that was uh, emotionally kind of devastating for Absolutely. For um, because it, is, it does too. come on the heels of all, everything you hear about breastfeeding. And, you know, you as a mom, I imagine you develop certain... Um, expectations around this right and you go into it thinking like you know this is how you're set up to do this right mm-hmm. um and so i can only imagine you know and i've talked about it a lot with bethany as well just like the the feeling of failure there yeah. frankly and and i would take that on because I, I i would you know we would talk a lot about it and yeah. I, would, I would feel um at least some part of her pain and it was right. it was really um a lot like I, I really felt horrible that that she felt inadequate because she has nothing to do with with her that's her, right her love or her parenting ability. and i think that's so important to communicate you know to people listening if there are any parents out there just the more we can socialize that as well the reality behind breastfeeding that i you know i don't know what the percentage is like i don't i don't know enough about um how this looks for other families but i know a lot of people have trouble and mm-hmm. you know it's not this easy thing that um just happens naturally and there's no work that has to go into it it's like it's an emotional roller coaster um and being there emotionally for your spouse i think is is really important mm-hmm. um but yeah there's something like at, at its core it's a foundational thing like we're there to take care of our kids and what is more foundational to that than feeding them right you know and so Literally i think that's why it alive. strikes so deep yeah um but i feel like and because it's something produced by the mother's body Yes. To feed the child. Right. You know? And right. she's been doing it fine in utero the yeah. whole time. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So when that doesn't work or doesn't work the way that you think it should mm-hmm. or she's still producing the food and he's not taking it, then, yeah, it's, it feels like a, a huge rejection, I would imagine. And I think a big part of that is because the way it's been, I think there are good intentions behind the movement towards, you know, breastfeeding as the best. Right. Um, there's been a lot of research into it uh, and there's a lot of good information out there about why that's like what you should aim for. But I think the way that it has been expressed with these groups becoming um, almost militant about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there are seg- there are certainly people who are, I know there's a whole industry of people who are, you know, I, I don't want to use the word pseudoscience, but like um, they aren't uh, typical medical professionals and they are consultants or other people who work on this. And like, I don't, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to sort of negatively critique them um, because we've actually used one. Like at one point, Bethany had a consultant come in and you know, yeah, they help we, you. We, we had one help us Yeah, they too. show yeah. you the latch and all yep. this. But I also know that there are people out there who are running the long groups. <laughs> right? It's the, really important. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, But there are also people who run these groups who are very like black and white about this. Mm-hmm. And they will not budge on the idea that some kids, it's just not going to work. You know, and that that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think I really find that problematic that there's so much on that. And and also with some of the websites that you'll read out there, like you won't find any room for, um, I won't call it failure because I don't think it is. Like kids, <laughs> there are plenty of kids, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't breastfed. I was mm-hmm. bottle raised. Um, 
I suppose, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to ever use myself as an example now that I've had cancer for anything. Cause I'm like, cause I'm like, I turned out fine. I'm like, wait, oh, I guess, I guess I can't go do that anymore. Right. Um, but anyway, I mean, I honestly, I don't think it's related to, to my cancer, but my point is there are plenty of people who are raised on purely formula and think about how privileged they are beyond the kids who, um, are in countries where they can't even get that, yep. you know? So like at some point it feels like we're splitting hairs and, uh, I don't know. I'm going on about this, but I just feel well, like it's, it's also, an important it's a, it's thing a to It's a byproduct of our developed society where we, we're in a situation where there's enough nutrition that it's it's expected yeah. that you will act on that nutrition and, and breastfeed your children, right? Right. In a lot of parts of the world, um, you know, mothers don't have enough protein or enough nourishment to even right. produce breast milk in the first place. Yeah. And then you run into this whole separate set of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is that we live in a relatively, and of course, there are many degrees of the American experience, but of in course. general- comfortable existence where we have access to food and access to water yeah and access to the internet and access mm-hmm. to friends and family and um and it, and so by that reasoning alone you'd think well all of that stuff together equals breastfeed your child right which it it does mm-hmm. if you can mm-hmm. but the reality is that sometimes you can't you know yeah um it reminds me a little bit uh, and this is kind of getting off topic but this the like the anti-circumcision people that show mm. up to um Rallies? Have, yes. you, have you seen this? Well, I haven't seen rallies of them, but I mean, well, like I'm aware pride, of them. At the Pride Parade every year. Really? Yeah, there's always these like floats and that they're like spattered in blood. Oh. And they all say circumcision is mutilation. Like, you know, stop wow. circumcising. Um, I, I always like, think, Why would you frame it like that? Like, I, I mean. That's the thing. I always like, I, I, it gives me pause to think about what what's going on in someone's life or their head that they, first of all, have found that to be their calling, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I guess for them- they're seeing it as mutilation, so I guess, you know, right. I can understand why they'd feel so passionate about that. But then, as you said, to then demonstrate it in that way, like, really? You think that's going to, like... <laughs> and like, and it, it's, it's sort of, like, evangelical, this, and not mm. in the church sense, but in, in the way of, like, um, you know, like, I know what's best, and I'm that's going right. to prove it to you so yeah. that you'll join our cause. Right. But, <laughs> Which, with, but when with, does that work? <laughs> you know, like, exactly. when does that ever work? And with kids and families, as we've talked about on this podcast every single freaking episode... Mm-hmm. Every kid's different, and yeah. every parent's different, and every situation is different, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you can lay out a baseline thing and say you should try to breastfeed. Right. Um, but, like, that it's totally okay if you can't, you of know? Of course. There, there, are, there, there are millions and millions and millions of, of kids born in this country yeah. who are not breastfed. That's right. Who grew up to be very successful and very happy. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, Henry was uh, a pro at it, basically, from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and then, because uh, he's just the tank. <laughs> Um, and then, and now he, uh, he, but he's still now he's very dependent on his milk bottle because yeah. now he's not breastfeeding anymore. Right, you know? right, right. Um, so we're trying to kind of wean him off of that. But that was a very different experience. But of course, like with the yeah. second kid, you know, you're so confident as a parent that you don't feel like anybody's going to judge you. You don't feel like bad about it. It's so true. But with but with Jude, I know Micah and me and I to a degree, we were very you know um, reluctant to share that we were having breastfeeding issues. Yeah, because yeah. it's just like the whole curating thing, like on online, like people people aren't going to post about that. You that's know? right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I um, thought, it, you know, it's an important one to talk about because I know people have similar experiences out there who, you know, they have a really hard time and it has become such a um, divided issue where, you know, you just feel really judged. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also, so we also had a similar experience where it was pretty different for our kids. Unfortunately, in both cases, Bethany had a really hard time up front, which was really, you know, I remember with Luke, um, he what he 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 actually came out screaming because he was hungry. Like immediately, really? he immediately wanted to eat. That's how I wake up every day. And then he like, I think I'm pretty sure he like lat. Yeah, that's how I wake up too. <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure that's where he gets it from. Uh, he wanted to just latch like right away. And yeah. I'm pretty sure like that first feed went really well. And so we were feeling optimistic. Mm-hmm. And of course, Bethany at that point felt like a pro because she had 
you know, done so much work on it with Grace. Right, she'd been through the trenches. Exactly. Um, and then even after all that, even after feeling like she knows what she could, you know, how to do this, still had issues um, with him latching and, and also just extremely painful for her. And so that was another case where it was like, man, you know, I thought we were, I thought this was going to, she had expectations of how she thought it would be. Yeah. And the pain was, is a huge thing. A and lot people, people really don't talk about that, right? Exactly. But but, but we, Micah also experienced a lot of pain. Yeah. Occasionally, um, um, and I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm not. You know, surprised. I mean, it's a really physically difficult right. <laughs> thing that your body's doing. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the Ali Wong. Um, she has the a great segment on this. You know, where she, <laughs> you have all these like visions of uh, how people talk about breastfeeding. You're like sitting on a lily pad and just like <laughs> yeah, you know, right, right, right. N- um, nurturing experience, and everybody's so happy and. And then she describes the reality, which I won't even do justice to. So you should just go watch her Netflix special. But um, it's fabulous. Yeah. And I think really gets at, I'm sure, how a lot of women feel about it, right? It's like you're set up to believe that it's this wonderful. I, it can be wonderful in a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. um, from what I understand. <laughs> but, yeah, it can be really painful and difficult, too. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that there is an angle to it that I, I kind of touched on before, but um, to kind of expound on it a little mm-hmm. bit. I, personally, I, I always felt a little bit... Um, Sad yeah. that I couldn't breastfeed. Yeah, which sounds kind of ridiculous, but no, I really, I honestly, totally felt, understand. Not like saying. jealous, but I, I would remark to Micah how, like, I, I wish that I could experience that because mm-hmm. because here's the thing is that as a parent, that is the ultimate, right? Oh, you yes. are sustaining the life of your child using nothing more than your own body, right? right. What like, what like more. Um... What stronger uh, expression of that could there be? Yeah, like you know? there's nothing more literal expression of it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, right. Yeah, yeah. There, there's there's nothing uh, there's nothing else like that. <laughs> that right? was like a double pun there. I didn't mean actually expression in that. No, I appreciate that you latched onto the it word. Too. Yeah, oh, that was good. <laughs> I just mean like you're you know you're actually just nurturing and feeding your no, child. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, and, and I won't keep going. But it's it. a one to one thing, right? Like, That's right. Because everything that the dads yeah. do, yeah, is always colored by the fact that there's one degree of separation. That's right? totally true. Like. We can we we feed our kids you know well in the first hands, nine months right? too we, we, you know buy food when they're in the womb I mean that's like the how where it starts well, that's exactly right right, yeah. right. Um, and so like we can help like you know care for our our wives and like make sure they're comfortable and yeah help with the delivery which was amazing and mm-hmm. we'll talk about more in another episode um, and you can help with all the postpartum stuff and you can feed and you can supplement you can massage your wife's feet you can do all the things that you're supposed to do yeah you know? yeah. But there's always something in the way, whereas mothers from the very beginning don't have that, right? right. From the time that they're a little blastocyst, yeah. the mother is nurturing that baby on a right. one-to-one level. And yep. then the baby emerges, thanks entirely to the mom, because who the fuck are we kidding? <laughs> we have very little to do with that. <laughs> it's so true, yeah. We'd like to think that we had a lot to right, do with it, right. but you know, that baby was going to come out. Uh-huh. Um, and and then the first thing that happens is the skin-to-skin contact on the mother, which I understand, and right. it's good. yeah. But again, it's you're already like you know like you're you're sitting there as a as a father watching this life come into the world that you helped create. Yeah, and you're already one step away from it. Like that's that, very you know? true. And then the and then um, the breastfeeding starts ideally, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's it's a moment of like such profound beauty, obviously. That's right. And it's right, a moment yeah. of like it's you know the greatest moment in, in a lifetime. But it's also a moment of like, man, I I can't experience that. I never no. will just by virtue of the gender that I was born. That's you know? right. And there's also an element to this of. Um, you know, in the case of a, a new child, they are developing a new connection with your spouse, the person that you've had the deepest connection with mm-hmm. your whole life in ways that you'll never as well. Like that. So there's that element to it as well. You know, it's like um, you'll never experience that connection with your child. And you know what? Your spouse now has someone who they've experienced this connection with that is very unlike the connection they've had with you, who otherwise probably is 
um, someone they've been most connected to. So there's a lot going on there there's a with lot the dyna- going on relationship there. dynamics. <clears throat> and even just sitting there thinking, like, when we leave this hospital, mm-hmm. there'll be somebody else in the car. That's right. Yeah. Oh, man, there's so much. There's going to be somebody else in the car for the next two decades. You yeah. Know? That, um, whole thi- that whole experience is surreal. Um, yeah. but yeah, which is another one that we're going to talk about. It is, about. yeah. We have to, obviously, we have to dive but it's, deep but it's, into that It's all one. part and parcel of the same idea, which is that, which comes back to breastfeeding, which is like the most yeah. loving, intimate, perfect thing, but it's something that as dads, we can't do. And I wonder you know? how much, yeah, I do. And I wonder how much of that, um, you know, being excluded from that, I wonder, like, historically, how much that has set up um, the absent father sort of... <laughs> Uh, I don't know what to call it. I mean, it's I, it's not a trend. I mean, I think we're getting we're going in a more positive direction now in our society. I think, but right. But even in the animal kingdom, like there's there's a biological precedent for fathers that's true. leaving. You're you right. Know? That, yeah, that's, absolutely. That happens. And and the reason for that is the yeah. way that we reproduce because right. men produce millions of sperm cells every day. Right. Yeah. And women, you know, have a very finite amount of eggs that they can yeah. have at any given time. I appreciate the anatomy lesson there. So, yeah. <laughs> the no, no, but you're, you're right. right. It goes all the, the way. the reason for that, so like that, mm-hmm. so we're basically engineered to be biological shotguns. Yeah. And they're engineered <laughs> to be nurturers. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we just try true. to basically just, this is getting disgusting, but to basically spread ourselves around as much as we can. And yep. then, and then when, when a viable specimen can be obtained, then like the women can nurture them. So there, there is, so there's that. There's the sort of the patriarchal system that we've all been brought up in for generations and generations and generations where yeah. men have a lot of power and because of that they want to pursue their own ends. Do you so- think that part of it came in response to the role uh, men feeling uh, inferior to women? You know, Maybe. like, I mean, there's I'm sure someone's written about this thing. It's just occurring to me that um, women have such an obviously important role to you know raising the future generation to caring for kids like to to further survival of humanity okay let's just say it that way and i wonder if um (laughs) men have in the historically overcompensated their you know feeling inferior to women because it's like at the end of the day i mean a child could go on without you Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and so as a result of that we we live in a patriarchal society where it's like i'm important for these other reasons right right you know what i mean and then men developed i mean there's a whole system that we had developed in this country right women couldn't even vote until Mm -hmm. fairly recently so you know i wonder how much of it goes back to that it could be that, or it could be just the simple fact that um, women, we're be- because of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're more small brains. Yeah, because the simple fact that um, that because women are biologically ne- uh, necessary for the postpartum period of a mm-hmm. kid coming to the world, that they couldn't work. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, yeah. And historically, there was no leave or anything you could take. Right. So, so men would be free to pursue their careers, and mm. the women would be at home as the sort of caretakers. And then, yeah. you know, and that was kind of where that came from. Yeah. And as a society, you know, like it, it's it's pretty amazing when you consider that we have come as far as we have even though there's still a ways to go yeah in terms of of toppling that but the reality is, is that part of what's beautiful about this whole it's not necessarily even upending gender roles but this whole idea of becoming more than we thought we could be biologically yeah. mm-hmm. that like that women can be just as successful professionally as men can yeah and that men can be just as nurturing that's right as that's women right can. it's both of those things and that's, that's a beautiful beautiful thing. and totally. that we have this opportunity so like the reality is is that there's a couple realities here. One is that women, after the time that the kid comes into the world, need to be there at least in some degree, to yeah. both to recover mm-hmm. personally yeah. and also to, to provide some necessary life support for that child. Right. You know, in, in the short term, at least. Yeah. Um, the and then the other part of it is that men um, have this. Uh, oh my god, I've lost track of my train of thought. So so women, women have to be profound. there at the beginning. Oh, and it was so good. But the fucking my Sudafed's getting in the way. <laughs> so women have to be there at the beginning. Men then uh, have this choice of mm. 
being just as active and stopping time and stopping work yep and being and and going above what they are biologically programmed to do yep and they make a choice to be an active parent mm, i um, think the choice piece is so critical to all of this yeah you're right. right yeah and historically you know that choice has gone the way of focusing instead on other things on you know your professional career or whatever mm-hmm. it might be and i do think it's a fairly recent trend towards um, you know, we'll call it the nurturing dad, the the dad who's right there with it. And, you know, we have to be realistic about our limitations there, right? Like most of us don't have the experience you had of actually feeding our child in that young age. Um, but there are so many ways, and there's now a lot of research about this, of how important our role can be yeah. um, in this from the very beginning. And yeah, I'm, I'm thankful to live in a time where we're like seeing that trend. You know, like I don't, I'm thankful to work with people who, who get that mm-hmm. and, you know, you're given the space to do it. Um, Almost, it's expected in our in our workplace, right? Like that yeah. gender oh, equality, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah, you know, it's it's really freeing because I can imagine in other places that's really hard. Like people don't have the leave, so that's for starters. But also, even talking about this kind of stuff, you know, a lot of dads don't. I imagine don't feel like they could even talk to other dads or right. um, people that they work with or their friends with about this kind of thing, like breastfeeding. You know, mm-hmm. which is exactly why it's important for us to talk about it. Um, because so, we're a part of it too, you know. Absolutely. We, even though we can't do it physically, yeah, we're a part of it, you yeah. know. And and we should be, you know. I mean, I think the the support role is huge. And I mean, I had a, a recent example of that that I wanted to talk about, but I cut you off. No, 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 no go ahead. Okay, good. It was just Sudafed again, huh? It was a Sudafed, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was think the reason I was thinking about a lot of this a lot again now um, after you know Luke's now uh, almost eleven months, mm-hmm. so wow, he's at man. yeah, I know, Jesus. I can't even believe it. Um, so he's going to be one soon. And so, you know, we're thinking about weeding him off um, somewhat yep. uh, onto with Grace. I think it was at one. She started going, uh, had whole milk and then just like a night feed and a morning feed from Bethany. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was pretty much That's at one onward. Did with the weaning. Yeah. Yeah. And so so it's been on our mind. And we recently just uh, I think it was two months ago, had an experience that, again, you know, was really stressful and emotional um, where all of a sudden Luke, who has been an incredible eater, he just always wants to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, Baby Lubini. Yeah, exactly. So two things happened that had never happened before. One is that Bethany started not being able to produce enough milk, um, which, mm. you know, and with with Grace, actually, she always, like, that was just never an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly, all you know, like, we, we couldn't really figure out any specific thing that triggered it, but she just right. wasn't producing enough. And at the same moment... Luke went on a nursing strike, which I had never heard of as a thing. Wow, really? Where he just like, not only, it's not that he wouldn't um, eat at all, which I've heard can happen, or at least, you know, kids aren't eating as much as they should, like with what happened with Jude, but he actually just wouldn't nurse from her, and he would eat a bottle. Oh, that's so from stressful. From a bottle. And it was really stressful, you know, at first, um, there's a lot to dissect here. So, you know, it happened... He was fine eating a bottle. My perspective was like, all right, you know, eating a bottle. <laughs> eating a bottle did I just say <laughs> the whole that? Thing, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I didn't feel initially concerned by this. I felt like, all right, you know, surely like it's a phase. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many of these, and I feel like with second kids, I've become a lot more. Um, I resort to that place of like, oh, it's probably just a phase. That's true. <laughs> you know, because oftentimes like when somebody it is. like this, this morning, the nanny was like, "What kind of fruit is Henry eating these yeah. days?" And I, and I was, I didn't know. Yeah, because it changes like every week. I'm like, I think this is a blueberry week. <laughs> There's just even like, a blueberry week. little micro it's so changes true. like that. It's it just so it goes true. so fast. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt okay about it, but then you know, each day would go on, and we were on like day three or f- day three of this. Okay, and then Bethany's really starting to feel concerned about this. Mm-hmm. And for me, being supportive meant, you know, trying to play this out for her. Like, all right, so what would this mean? 
it might mean that you know we have to um, keep feeding him a bottle. Which I want to make sure we talk about pumping too, because that's another element. I, know, I, to all I was this literally just like, thinking that. Yeah, we, we holy shit! Yeah. I mean, we should just do that. So I mean, so that would mean that Bethany had to just pump. Okay, which is right. like. Not a. Uh, oh it's God. like it's the so... other side of this beautiful interaction that you <laughs> have like with your kids. It's like the least glamorous. It's like the reverse it's of like that. It's like horrible. Yeah. Where you feel like a fucking cow, yeah. you know, at a farm oh who has God. to Micah produce hated milk. Hated that so much. Yeah, I can only imagine. And um, I know that that's a super stressful part of parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bethany's on the road for most of her job, yeah. and so she has to think about. She has like a car adapter for it, and it's like just. I can only imagine. Props to anyone who is doing this. It's, a, um, it's There's so much more that goes into being a mother, at least biologically. Yeah, and you don't hear it on. about it, really. But, yeah, but because, because it's not glamorous and it's yeah. not, like, sweet. It exactly. doesn't fit the narrative that we want to put out there. But, uh, but I mean, the pumping thing is a huge part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's something that Micah, like, you know, because she, she was in a play, mm-hmm. like, five weeks after Jude came. Oh, man. Um, and she was pumping, like, all the time, you uh-huh. know, because she was still very early Which on. Which means you have to find a space where you can do it. Yeah, you so know, she had to, like, get a separate bathroom with, uh-huh. like, her, with the pumping equipment. Yep. And then she would, like, get off stage and have, like, a scene that you have to, like, do pumping. And then yeah. she would get back on stage, and it was so stressful for oh, her. Oh, man. Um, and I, I just, I, I really, again, it's, it's like, I, I wish that I could help, but, mm-hmm. you know. I yeah. can't. It's 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 weird. But the thing is that we're faced with these issues as as people and as dads, right? Yeah. Where we want to help, and we can't do anything about it. That's right. right. Yeah. Um. And so I guess what do you do with that knowledge? You know. Well, so here's how it played out with this. So yeah. it, so it went on, and you know, again, I was trying to like for me, it helps to know. Okay, if he does stop, if this is really like him saying I'm not going to breastfeed anymore. This is actually the end. Yeah, what does that mean, you know? And in my mind it's like, all right, let's carry that out. It it just means that, you know, maybe we start supplementing with formula. Um and this you, was when how old? Um so I think he was 8 months at this point. Um right around there. So I said, you know, and maybe it was even a little later, like 9 months. So it wasn't that far off from when we're going to get to a time where, you know, we're going to transition him mm-hmm. off anyway. And so I said, totally fine, like we can, you know, switch to formula for a couple months. And, you know, you can pump somewhat if that's something you still are able to do and want to do. But like I said, you know, worst case scenario, if he goes totally to formula, that's like we've made it nine months. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're exactly, fortunate right. to be able to make it that long, exactly. right? A lot of women have a and hard time. we never time. hear that part of the narrative. Exactly. We never hear that. And so that's the narrative that I had. And I tried to, um, you know, hopefully help Bethany through it and get comforted with that. Um, and as is so often the case... My approach to uh, being an emotional support just, <laughs> it doesn't work. You mm-hmm. know, uh, unfor- Bethany started to like close up about this. And so, I mean, it's a classic thing you hear about. It's probably in that book, Men from Mars, Women are from mm-hmm. Venus thing. Where, Angela um, Lansbury. Yeah, Angela Lansbury. Classic. You know, where men try to think of the, like the solution, right? You just mm-hmm. go for it, right? Whereas a lot of times women want to hear just like uh, a sympathetic ear. Um, I'm, I may not be articulating this well, and also <laughs> it feels like so. It's funny, and I never thought about how antiquated. backward that sounds. I know, yeah, but but um, I can say from experience, at least for me and Bethany, this often comes up where I do try to like say, you know, here's what we could do about it to mm-hmm. be more proactive. And what she really wants is for me to hear her, right. and and be there with her emotionally, and not necessarily to like go right into problem solving mode. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, needless to say, I did anyway, <laughs> um, and I, you know, I tried to think through the worst case because that's helpful for me at least. And uh, so we were talking about that and how, like, he could go to um, formula. And it was just so hard for me to really, even as I talk to you, you know, I try to understand what it must be like to breastfeed. What I was having a hard time understanding is that Bethany was thinking about this as the end of her breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And for us, you know, this is our second kid and we're thinking it's going to be our last. Mm -hmm. And so that's all the more heightened that 
she won't ever experience that again. And even in knowing that, I heard, you know, I've heard her talk about that somewhat. I had a hard time because I was trying to help her see that it's okay. Like, it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. He will be totally fine. You know, and for me, it was like, I think I was so focused on him and the fact that I know he'll be fine if he, you know, moves on to something else. So we shouldn't stress about it. Kind of like the Dalai Lama thing, right? You do what you can and uh, don't worry about what you can't do. But what I missed is that for Bethany, for any woman, this is such an emotional experience. And it was only after I, um, because, you know, Bethany did sort of close up at that moment during those days. And she was really, you know, she's suffered from depression in the past. Mm -hmm. um, And she's been, you know, in a good place for a long time now. But she was really feeling it over the course of this. Like, it went on, I think the whole thing was seven days. Mm -hmm. And she was, you know, it just took her to a, um, a tough place. Yeah. And so I finally, I, uh, I read a blog by a mom who shared her experience with this. Very similar situation where suddenly the kids stopped eating. Mm-hmm. And I, in reading that, was able to just hear a mom talk about just how deep of a loss that is. You know, it, you, you, it becomes like a mourning, right? You're mourning the loss of this connection that you've had with your kid. For a long time. Yeah. For a lot longer than we even <laughs> so, see. You know? Right. And so I remember just reading this article and I just started crying, you know, because mm-hmm. as she walk, works through it all. And basically it was her coming to terms with that and accepting it because in this case he never ate it again from her. Yeah. Um, and it helped me better understand just how deep that connection goes and the emotional roller coaster that it, that it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I thought I'd share that as another thing that I just, I never even heard of a nursing strike to begin with. And I also, you know... It took a little while for me to really fully understand, to the extent that I can, um, the roller coaster of emotions that that oh, must yeah. be for any woman who's breastfeeding. And how much more is going on than we see, you know? Yeah. Even if they're telling us that, That's it's right. hard to really listen sometimes. Right. Um, we, we've, we had kind of transitory um, hunger strikes or milk strikes yeah. with, with both hunger kids, especially with, with Jude. There, there, were, yeah. there were usually like a couple of days at a time. And that mm-hmm. was like so scary. Yeah. Um, I remember those very vividly. Um. It's a it's a it's a difficult thing. It is. You know, we talked a little bit. Um, it might have been last episode or the episode before. How I think it was when I was talking about Jude getting on the bus. Mm-hmm. How it's part of a continuum of little moments where there are little shades of independences that come up. Yeah, right? yeah. there are sh- there are gradations of independence that emerge. And the first one I think is the umbilical cord getting cut. Yeah, right. Because yeah. you're physically detached for the first time. Um, and then I would say the bottle is the next one. And that's something that, I mean, the, the breastfeeding yeah, stopping yeah. is the next one. Because that's um, a, a really important nutritional thing. And it's also an important emotional thing. And that's it's also right. a developmental sign. It's of another your like kid is, severing a connection. And no yeah. longer are they completely dependent on you for their nutrition. Yeah. Anymore, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and then, it's, of course, like when they roll over and crawl and walk and then get, get on a bus to kindergarten. And then before you yeah. know it, they're, they have their own family and they're living in another house, you know? <sighs> Man. And that's like, and, and every one of those is, is difficult, but every one of those has beauty to it. The that's problem right. with breastfeeding is that if you're not ready for that to happen, mm-hmm. Right, because like, because the umbilical cord, like, it's going to get cut. You're not going to get <laughs> yeah. dragged around by your umbilical cord. Right? <laughs> That's right. I hope not. Um, college is not going to happen unless you're like a prodigy. You know, it's yeah. not going to happen before a certain age. And if you are a prodigy, you're going to know that's coming. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, getting a family, like you know, you, like our, you can our kids in his twenties or thirties mm-hmm. is probably going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but with 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 breastfeeding, sometimes kids are just done with it. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't work. It's and true, it's, and it doesn't matter. It might not be have anything to do with your physiology that's as a right. mother. Or the way it tastes, or the shape of your breast, or any of these things that people like like to throw around, like they're somehow did something wrong, right? Um, or the fact that it's easier to get infections for some people than other mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the kid is just not breastfeeding anymore. Yeah, and that is a moment where 
it's really important as dads who have not been biologically involved to step up and become emotionally involved. That's right. In a very deep way and to do exactly what you did, which is to listen to what's going on below <laughs> well, the surface. So, and well, some of what be, I didn't. But yeah, yes. but you read about it, which is listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried too. for sure. And mm-hmm. being, being aware that there's so much and that it's not irrational and that it's not postpartum stuff. That, yeah. that it's really hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. Exactly. And um, even when it goes well, it's really hard, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, mean, I think that's what we can do. I think so, too. I think finding, figuring out how you can be that emotional support also varies depending on the relationship you have. You know, maybe some, maybe for some in your relationship, it would, uh, it would doing what I did, that log- more logical thing of like, you know, here's what would happen. Maybe that's helpful. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But I can say that in terms of listening, I try to remember this and I know I fail at it often, but it is so important because I think when you... Uh, it isn't so important to pause and listen because when you jump to solutions, what happens is the person um, takes that in as you're not you're not understanding that this is really like this is really putting me down or I'm feeling really emotional about this. And so while you have a you know um, a desire to help sort of comfort, really sometimes someone just wants to be heard and they mm-hmm. want you to know that it hurts and that's okay, you know. So I, I just say that, you know, especially for myself as a reminder, and hopefully that can be helpful to other people, because I think when we talk about this, like there's lots of jokes about it and the differences between men and women and how we communicate. But I think at, at some level, um, it's just it's good to understand this about anyone that you're talking to. Sometimes yeah. someone just needs to and be we heard. And we run into that as, as men sometimes, too. Oh, you know, absolutely. So, so like, you know, like um, somebody that we love who's a, a woman, like in our family, will will be like, well, the obvious answer is like just pay the debt off and move on, you know? Yeah, yeah. But like, but but the reality is, there's more going on than just that. And like, you know, right. and, and I, I don't want I don't want to be told that it's it's not valid because yeah. sometimes I really am upset about something. I feel really slighted, even if it's ridiculous. And I know? feel that way sometimes too. You know, right? I don't want just someone, especially like if you're asking, if you're talking to someone venting or whatever, you don't necessarily just want someone to tell you their answer. Yeah, you're kind or, of like, oh well, whatever. Yeah. But imagine that in the context of this enormous life change. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and and you really get a, a sense of it. But it's all about empathy. You know, it's, I think it's so. really just like just making the proactive process of putting yourself in your shoes. The issue, though, again, is that it is always in the context of being exhausted and being stressed out and running <laughs> yeah. around and doing things. Exactly. Um, so that, that that's an extra layer. Something I'll close in saying, um, what I tried to do with both kids, especially with Jude, because with Henry, um, I was... So with with two kids, it was a little bit different because um, Micah was up feeding Henry without me doing without me being awake yeah. more mm-hmm. because there was kind of this implicit understanding that like I would be the one who would kind of get up as early as Jude gets up and play with him so yeah. that she could rest a little bit you know yeah 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 so there's kind of a shift in the balance there. that was similar to us mm-hmm. yeah I think I think that may, it's a survival thing I you mean know? yeah um, but with with Jude you know you don't have to do that like you could just not you could sleep in another room and never wake up you know that's right yeah um but what i found really meaningful is um as i would i would ask micah to wake me up if i didn't hear him crying for Mm, the feedings so even though i wasn't feeding him and even though i wasn't doing anything i was at least there yeah i could kind of like touch his head a little bit and kind of be connected yeah because touch is a i mean it's my language of love (laughs) but it's also like they can't can't see very well they Mm -hmm. can't process language they don't know what the sounds are that they hear but they can feel touch you know they feel love through that so i think you know if we're looking for ways to be more physically more active mm-hmm. in the breastfeeding process i yeah. would say it's contact it's making sure that that um, your partner does not feel like she's the only one sort of up and doing this yeah and making sure that she knows that she can um really explain what she's feeling in a way that you will not be judgy 
and, and, and that you'll you'll hear it in a way that's not judging yeah. and you won't just immediately offer feedback you know yeah but I think that summarizes listeners. it nicely yeah. you know it's like you're not it's in a different experience but I think you're both going through it together mm-hmm. and that's really important yeah. you know to go through it together totally yeah alright All right. well I'm happy we had the conversation yeah it was surprisingly serious <laughs> I know nice yeah. thanks man alright we'll talk to you later bye bye